0: This is the EWN Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction. This is your source for the latest technology trend shaping the world, along with tips and strategies for maximizing your career in tech. We also bring you interviews with the leading women in the tech industry, talk to youth who are rapidly building their tech knowledge, and review business solutions that will give you insights on how technology is solving business problems. Now, here's your host, Jennifer Didier.
2: Welcome, and thank you for joining me on Tech in the Right Direction. I'm your host, Jennifer Didier, President and CEO of Directions Training. Each week, we talk with industry experts about technology trends that are emerging and changing businesses today. The career journey of IT professionals, understanding the world of women in tech, as well as talking to our youth that are rapidly building their technology skill sets. We also review case studies that provide insight into how technology is solving business and world problems. I'm excited about our guests today, so let's get moving in the right direction. This week in our Tech Trends segment, I will be talking with Stephen Zylstra. Stephen serves as the President and CEO of the Arizona Technology Council, a role that he assumed in December of 2007. He is responsible for strategy, operations, all financial matters, and accomplishment of policy development for the Council. Zylstra is a vocal spokesman for the value technology can provide in raising social and economic standards in Arizona and was named in 2016 as a leader of the year technology by the Arizona Capital Times and most admired leader by the Phoenix Business Journal. Zylstra has served in numerous technology leadership and advisory roles to the governor and currently serves on several association, industry, and community boards, including being recognized as an Aspen Institute Fellow for his work in workforce development. Between August 2013 and August 2015, he served as a chairman of the global organization Technology Councils of North America. Zylstra's most recent board appointment was to the Common Sense Arizona Advisory Council in December of 2018. Zylstra earned a bachelor's degree in automotive engineering technology from Western Michigan University and was awarded an honorary doctorate of science in technology from the University of Advancing Technology. Welcome to the show, Stephen.
0: Thank you, Jennifer. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: Thank you. So, you have such an impressive background. Uh, Can you share with us a little bit about your path in technology?
0: Sure. Well, first of all, I grew up as sort of a motorhead. Um, As a kid, I uh, used to build uh, cars, and um, in fact, did some racing uh, when I was uh, in my teens. And uh, as a consequence, I went to college and got a degree in automotive engineering. And uh, Started my career at the Ford Motor Company uh, as a design engineer. Spent a couple years on their graduate training program. And after uh, settling in at advanced vehicle development, it was a time when the auto industry wasn't doing so well. Ended up getting transferred to Ford Aerospace in uh, Newport Beach, California. So moved from automotive to aerospace. Uh, After uh, Ford Aerospace, I moved to Bendix Guidance Systems Division and then uh, another company called general pneumatics corporation all of these companies are involved with uh, aerospace and defense Mm -hmm. and uh, in 20 let's see 1984 uh, general Pneumatics moved me out here to phoenix to run um, their research center and um, i made one more stop at a company here locally called simula which is now bae and um, so Spent uh, 22 years or so in the aerospace and defense industry, early on as an engineer, uh, and then as an executive. Um, And then I've been running tech councils now for, uh, believe it or not, 19 years. uh, About eight years years in uh, Pittsburgh and uh, 11 years back here in Arizona.
2: That's amazing. What a fascinating background from, automotive engineering into technology that's great so since you're so close to technology and have had and you're running councils and boards uh what are you seeing as trends today
0: well i think uh technology is changing our society it's changing uh, our commerce our economy uh in profound ways and um it will continue to do so at an even uh, more accelerated rate. I think things like uh, uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence are going to uh, invade all types of uh, businesses uh, and industries. I think things like uh, blockchain will uh, transform the business models that uh, many industries use uh, today. Uh, so I think. Uh, Uh, As someone has said before, you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, I I think robotics, uh, particularly autonomous uh, vehicles, will become uh, mainstream over the next decade. Uh, And uh, all of these things have an impact on uh, society. Think about how the Internet and uh, cell phones, uh, smartphones have changed our lifestyle and our lives. Um, So I see that continuing uh, at an ever accelerated rate.
2: That's so true. Wow. If we look back 10 years, we couldn't even imagine what we have today with, um, you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning with the Alexas of the world. Uh, It's just getting started. The IOT piece being such a big part of our world now where our doorbells and um, our lamps, our lights, everything we have is connected. We see some refrigerators with it, with um, inventory. So uh, with IoT and machine learning and artificial te- intelligence, it's gonna be just incredible. And like you said, we haven't seen anything yet. It's just gonna grow.
0: Yeah, and uh, Arizona is um, well-suited to, to leverage that um, change because uh, we have a sort of center of excellence in IoT. I think you probably have heard that the Greater Phoenix Economic Council is trying to brand uh, Phoenix as the connected place, and that's due to the fact, for instance, um, Intel as their IoT center of excellence here, um, both Abnet and uh, Benchmark, two fairly significant technology companies here in town, are focusing almost exclusively on IoT. Um, And, of course, our academic institutions are teaching the necessary um, science, technology, and engineering to be able to um, build the workforce necessary to uh, fulfill those jobs that are being created by those kinds of companies.
2: That's really good to hear that the universities are participating in what that new job role is going to look like so that we are preparing our future um, generation to be ready for the, with those types of skills but you know right now we are seeing the things that we've talked about there's so many job roles that we did not exist a few years ago and now there's a huge gap in skill set um, so what do you think we can continue to do as an industry to better bridge that gap?
0: well I think uh, some of the basic Tenants that are necessary to be successful in this evolving technology world are things like uh, problem solving, critical thinking. uh, uh, Working in teams, all of these uh, phenomena that are necessary, regardless of the of the discipline. And uh, so I think those basics need to continue to be uh, taught and even expanded upon. And then, um, you know, some of the basic aspects of um, science and engineering don't change uh, significantly over time. Uh, certainly, the technologies that are produced um, do change, but um, I think we need a, uh, we need more uh, students that are focused on STEM education: science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, we run a number of programs uh, through our foundation called the SciTech Institute, including the, uh, the SciTech Festival, the Chief Science Officer Program, the Middle School and High School Science Bowls that are attempting to entice um, the future STEM workforce uh, to learn the things that are necessary to be successful in those kinds of jobs. So I think it has to start very early. Um, and not in high school, but in, in grade school. And, um, you know, jobs are becoming ever more sophisticated. And uh, either education or training is uh, required in today's world uh, to do almost any job. So uh, I think ha- having a highly trained, highly educated workforce is going to be uh, an absolute necessity as we roll into the future.
2: I completely agree. So, you know, you touched on um, problem-solving skills and critical thinking skills, and we are finding, too, that it's not just the technology skills that you need, but you need a well-rounded skill set in order to create business value for organizations. In the past, we had technology people that could end up being geeks where they knew the technology really well, and it was great, and they served a very good purpose. But today, those technology professionals really need to have that business value and skills to provide that value so you know preparing our future generations with those types of skills i think is critical so uh, what you said was spot on Um, the other thing i wanted to talk about a little bit is to get into uh, job roles so when we look at you know now with the cloud and with iot and machine learning and ai we we have a whole new set of job roles that are available and so we're finding in the training industry we are really focused on training for that skill set so to bridge the gap we have to train by job role today rather than a broad set of skills are you finding that too like when you work with the workforce development councils
0: yeah i think um Well, there's a couple of things um, to say there. First, over the last couple of years, we've worked very closely with the Phoenix Chamber Mm -hmm. on um, helping to develop the appropriate curriculum at our various community colleges um, to teach the future cybersecurity workforce. Um, And what we did is we brought lots of uh, technology, cybersecurity companies together Uh, with the education and training providers and work through the details of, you know, what these jobs entail and what capabilities and skills that the students need to have to succeed in these job roles. So uh, that's been a very successful program. The Phoenix uh, Chamber has focused on doing similar things in other disciplines like construction, but uh, we had a very good collaboration with them on cybersecurity. So that, and you know, most of the programs that are being taught um, at the traditional academic institutions usually have advisory boards that uh, are from industry that um, keep them abreast of the you know changing requirements in these various fields. Um, so hopefully, they're getting the input and insight necessary to uh, teach. What's required in order to fulfill the, um, these new positions that are being created?
2: I think what you mentioned about this um, this collaboration between the universities and the workforce development and the chamber, um, looking at different job roles and coming up with the skill set necessary is so critical uh, for the success of the future. And I think Arizona is maybe. You know, ahead of the curve here because um, we are not seeing that in every market. So that's that's really great to see the success of that. Um, what 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 is your perspective on the value of training and certification in the industry today?
0: Well, uh, first of all, what happens is in um, in industry you have uh, large companies and small companies, and for the most part, the large companies. Require you know uh, a list of uh, accomplishments and including academic accomplishments uh, to fill these positions that they're mm-hmm. creating. With the small companies, that's not so much true. Um, I think um, you know certificates um, that result from specific training is highly valued um, by these small companies. I think uh, you know in the coding area, I think. C- some companies are even hiring kids who have uh, no uh, advanced education, uh, but they know how to code. They learned mm-hmm. how to code on their own as uh, as they were kids. So, I think training and, and certification have a very important uh, role in the sort of portfolio of of uh, of um, academic pursuits that are necessary to build the kind of workforce that we need. I think apprenticeships are also reemerging mm-hmm. as a as a way uh, to train talent uh, to do these kinds of new jobs. so um, in fact this administration has been strongly supportive of uh, apprenticeships and we're not talking about in the in this in the skilled trades uh, which you know still exist but things like IT, Mm -hmm. Uh, Apprenticeships are a viable way uh, to learn the discipline and are coming back in a big way.
2: Yeah, no, that's so true. So the certification, the training, it validates their skill set. A lot of times it moves your resume to the top um, in what we've seen in the industry because there's no guessing if you have the skill set or not. If you have the certification, it says you do. And I love um, that you brought up apprenticeships because in IT, we are seeing that as well. And what we're seeing is um, taking a group of students, putting them through a day to day, a day in the life of um, a IT administrator and putting them through real world scenarios has been so beneficial. And, you know, the IT organizations have been just gobbling up this talent because once they have the training and the certification, they're like, okay, this is what we need. We, we can, you know, validate that they have the, the knowledge and we can put them right in front of the customer, which is so awesome.
0: Yeah, I think um, uh, the point you made about hiring um, Based on skills is uh, absolutely right. I think we're seeing HR professionals beginning to uh, change the way they hire. So rather than you know three to five years of experience in a BS in this or that, mm-hmm. uh, they want to know whether you can do this or that, and so they're they're more interested in the skills you have than uh, the pedigree you have.
2: Right. Very true. Very true. So um, this is a loaded question. So where do you see technology in five to 10 years, let's say, from now? I mean, I think, you know, we're not going to be driving our own cars. We're probably, you know, going to be somewhere where we don't even know um, what that looks like yet. But what is your vision? What, what are some of the things you think
0: about? Well, um, as you suggested, you know, I spoke to some of this earlier. Uh, we will be Uh, We won't be driving uh, in the way we do today because there will be lots of self-driving cars and trucks and delivery vehicles and and so on. That's already coming to fruition. Uh, And, uh, you know, as a consequence, we have some societal issues to deal with because all those folks who are drivers today who may not even have required a uh, high school education, are now going to have to find uh, other opportunities. So um, one of the things we'll be dealing with in the future is, you know, how do we retrain those folks who uh, were in the transportation industry uh, in the future? And that's a critical issue that we need to that we need to face. I think, as I said earlier, technology will continue to accelerate, um, and it's hard for any of us to know uh what's going to be happening in five and ten years i think uh, you know if you're a futurist like uh, toffler or kurzweil uh, you might say that uh, in the future man and machine will become um you know closer to being one and that is uh, there i just saw technology the other day where where you could essentially plug computer capability into your brain. Uh, They're working on these um, devices that can connect you uh, and think about the impact that that would have if suddenly all of us were able to tap in to all the known knowledge that there is in the world today. Um, I think Kurzweil predicts that in 2048, um, it's the, what he calls the approaching of the singularity that um, man and machine will be one. So, um, you know, it sounds like science fiction, but uh, as we all know, things that were science fiction 20 or 30 years ago uh, become a reality in the future. So uh, who knows what the future will hold?
2: Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of great things to come. And I think what you mentioned about the job roles with the high school education, those seem to be going away. There, there seem to be... Uh, now have to be retrained and reskilled into higher level jobs because uh, machine learning and um, AI are going to take uh, the guesswork out of that and just you know automate uh, a lot of different uh, processes for business. I was talking to a uh, partner that actually creates solutions for companies to solve business problems and they are actually putting together for an insurance company an entire program that is automated from the time somebody gets into an accident till the time that they actually get paid for it. Everything is automated in that process from the beginning to end. So now those adjusters and those um, job roles are going to be needed elsewhere in different type of skill sets. retraining and uh, rebuilding careers are going to be pretty prominent, I think, you know, in the next five to 10 years. Absolutely. So today technology with all our devices, you know, I feel this every day, I don't know if you do, and I know a lot of my peers do, it's always competing for our attention. You know, each person has multiple devices. We have obviously our laptop, our desktop, our phones, sometimes people have multiple, multiple phones, which, you know, has work and home and personal, and then we have tablets, and we have a tablet for movies, and we have a tablet for music. How, how do you create balance in this world with all of this distraction that's competing for your, for your attention?
0: Well, uh, as you indicated earlier, I recently joined the advisory board for Common Sense. And mm-hmm. if you don't know Common Sense, they're about um, doing that um, for students, for kids, making sure that um, uh, students are not spending too much time on devices and, um, um, you know, distracting them from the things that they should be focused on. Uh, I think that's true for adults, too. That um, we need some downtime from the technology. We need uh, to carve out time in our life where uh, uh, we shut the phone off and shut the computer off and uh, have time to uh, think about other things, to do other things, and uh, to be creative and innovative. It's hard to be creative and innovative if you're on your phone. So uh, I think it's it's you have to force yourself to uh, create some downtime uh, every day in your life. Uh, where you can refresh and uh, and uh, retool. And I think it's critical for your um, well-being.
2: Right. So we have to really focus on that and teaching our kids that, but then really practice it ourselves. I mean, just creating more mind space is so important. I very recently started meditating, and it's made a world of difference to me because I'm constantly going from one thing to the next and always... My mind is always racing. And so taking those 10 to 20 minutes a day and just focus on nothing, clearing space in your brain has really made a difference. And I think the more we do that, the better balance we'll have. I agree. So. How do you think? Um, you know, you're in the council and on a lot of boards. What What are you seeing um, in learning today? How are IT professionals learning? Is it different than when we learned years ago, or is it kind of the same but with different tools?
0: Well, one of the you know phenomena that really started here in Arizona is online learning um
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know the University of Phoenix really got the ball rolling with that and now there's hardly an academic institution in the world that doesn't offer uh, online training mm-hmm. and some degrees can be gained completely uh, online. so that's a phenomena that you know didn't exist uh, certainly when I was a, a student. I think um, training um, to to develop, particular skills has become uh, more and more popular. As we talked about earlier, I think uh, as we said, apprenticeships are coming back uh, in a big way. As we know though, they have been um, uh, used in Europe for a very long time and in the skilled trades here in the United States for a long time. But they're now being applied to other kinds of disciplines such as uh, IT and uh so i think uh education will continue to evolve i think uh you know we're fortunate here in arizona to have um, one of the leading university presidents in the world uh, and michael crow and uh, he's transformed the traditional post-secondary institution into something that's very different and uh i think just as innovation continues in the gadgets and gizmos that we all use in our daily life, I think uh, uh, education will evolve as we move forward as well. Yeah,
2: that's very true. Now, you know, we we do see also In the schools, uh, learning is very different. uh, Where they are being innovative and creative, I heard of a school that actually did like does virtual field trips to other schools in other countries, which was so cool. So that kids can get that exposure and that culture as part of their daily learning. So technology provides us with so many areas that we can just grow and evolve. What we're seeing is, you know, real world. Uh, examples real world learning is very very important hands-on can you do it do you have confidence to just jump in in a dynamic world and then we're seeing um learning in smaller chunks whereas you know before we would see people would come out for a five-day class and now they want smaller segments so that they can go back and apply their skills and then come back for more but really as you talked about online learning the blended approach is really becoming very popular and you know learn anytime anywhere you could be on the train on the bus uh listening to a podcast like we're doing you continuously are learning and so that's kind of where it's headed because it is so dynamic and we have limited time to be able to continuously learn. So, yeah, great examples. All right. So
0: perhaps in the the future uh, when we're uh, running around town in our autonomous vehicles, we can be – being educated and trained uh, while we're on our way to work or on our way to Disneyland.
2: That's right. If we're not driving, right? We got to make sure we're not driving (laughs) and doing that. (laughs) We see a lot of uh, people still texting and driving and that is so dangerous. So we got to get those self-driving cars first, but I, yeah, I believe our time will be more valuable and we'll use it um, in such a better format than we have to today, because how many people spend so much time in traffic, right? Correct. So, um, you know, in closing, let's, let's just, um, from, from you, what advice would you give an IT professional starting out today? What would you tell somebody that maybe is hesitant to be in technology because of whatever reason? What advice would you give them so that they can uh, think about a career in technology?
0: Well, I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier, you know, make sure that you have those uh, fundamental capabilities, uh, critical thinking and being able to work uh, in teams. You know, it's funny when we grew up, um, you know, you were n- never allowed to, it was considered cheating if you were collaborating with your, uh, the student next mm-hmm, to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, that's how we all work in the work environment in and, and teams. So you know, learning to work with others, um, doing critical thinking, those are essential for whatever discipline that you uh, move into. And uh, so I think making sure that the fundamentals are there and then, uh, you know, pick a a trajectory that uh, is along the lines of your passion. Mm -hmm. Uh, the uh, The more exciting and the more interesting something is to you, the more capable you'll become and the more interested you'll be in uh, focusing on the training and education required to be successful.
2: So true. Passion drives you. Passion will take you to that next level. Even if you don't have the skills to start with, if you're passionate to learn them, you will learn them faster and see success faster. So very, very good advice. Well, thank you so much, Stephen. It was a pleasure to have you on our show. And... um, We hope to talk to you again soon.
0: It was great to be here, and thank you. It was uh, enjoyable. Thank you.
2: Stay tuned for another exciting interview just around the corner.
1: As your organization continues to embrace and adopt new technologies, does your team have the skills required to make the most of your investments? Directions Training offers IT professional and end-user training for the most popular solutions today, including Microsoft 365, Azure, AWS, Cisco, Citrix, VMware, and much more. Our flexible delivery methods and full customized offerings make sure that you get the training you need just the way you need it, in-person, virtual, on-demand, or through a blended approach. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com for more information today.
2: Welcome back to Tech in the Right Direction. This week in our Women in Technology segment, I will be talking with Peggy Peasley. Peggy's journey through life in her career has been fascinating and really very exciting. She didn't initially plan on entering the technology industry, but once she discovered her strengths and aligned herself with technology, her career took shape. She is now in HR for a technology company and still utilizes the tech skills she gained through the years. Technology will always be a part of her career and role. Welcome to the show, Peggy. It's so great to have you.
3: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
2: Great, Um, let's get started by, um, can you
3: share a little bit
2: with us about your career path in technology?
3: Sure, my career started in the late 90s. I was actually working at a bank. They had some computers and the computers broke and there was nobody to fix them. I enjoy doing puzzles and I enjoy the challenge, so I asked if I could have a chance at it and I was told to go ahead. I took the computers apart, piece by piece, labeled every single one so I knew where to put them back in in this puzzle, found out which pieces weren't working, didn't even know what they were called at the time, and got them replaced and got the computers back up and running. That started my journey in technology because then I decided I really liked this and we also needed a network because we had no way to connect all of our computers. So I met some folks that were in networking. I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of studying. And I did a lot of hands-on. And by having these coaches and these mentors that were already in technology, I was able to build a network for us. I learned how to run cables. I learned how to build cables. And from there, I just continued on in my technology career. I ran the network there did all the software and the hardware, did all of the support, developed the team, and then I got into technical training in that same company. I later moved on to a direct selling company where I became their worldwide um, manager of tech support. So I was responsible for the U.S. and Europe in making sure that we had a help desk solution, that we had hardware and software people to help out, with any challenges that came up in the business, partnered with the networking team and AS400 team, visited every location, and made sure that we had quality people staffed in our locations to handle anything that would come up. And that's really where my technology career really started to blossom. I gained so much knowledge and so much experience there. And then I realized that as a technology team, we were making the decisions for how the business was going to operate and it didn't feel right to me. So I went to my leader and I asked for the opportunity to have a new position created on the business side where I could move into the business and bring technology education to them. I had that opportunity, I was able to work with our marketing team, our customer service team, our sales team, finance, every aspect of the business. So I really got engaged in every level of the business And from there, I worked with the technology team, I worked with the management team on the business so the business could start determining what they needed, and they could go to technology and say, hey, this is what we want, instead of you telling us what we need. And it just changed the whole dynamic of business. We were able to build consultant websites. We were able to do electronic communications back when a lot of these communications weren't being customized and personalized by consultants so that they could get the reports on their clientele, and it was really just a wonderful experience. From from there, I moved uh, to Arizona in 2006, where I went to a company. I applied for a technology position, even though I really still wanted to be on that business side, but there was a technology position open, so I went for it. And through conversation, I actually moved into human resources and worked on the human resources systems. From there, I decided that human resources was my passion, and I would always keep the technology aspect with me. So I got my human resources degree and was able to then look at the wiring of systems and the wiring of people and bring it all full circle, which is where, what led me to where I am today. So today I work for a tech company, Valor Global, who provides support to all of their customers, customer service as well as tech support. And so it's really great to be responsible for all of the HR here in this company that combines everything with tech support and with people working in technology. So it's been an exciting career for me and truly my, my desire and it's my why. I'm able to give back to other people and help them grow in their careers whether it be through technology or in other aspects of the business.
2: That is a really exciting journey in your career and you've really touched like so many different pieces of technology. I wanted to go back to your comment when uh, you there was a technology problem and you jumped in and said can I solve this what was that feeling? What was that emotion? Were you nervous? Were you uh, what what prompted you, even though you didn't have a technology background, to take on that challenge? Because I think that's so amazing that you did that.
3: For me, there was a, I like to solve problems, and there was a problem and it wasn't getting solved. And rather than just sitting there looking at it, I wanted to have a chance at it. So I was excited for that opportunity. I didn't really know anything about the computers or how the interworkings, you know, happened or anything like that. And I thought, you know what? I think I'm interested in doing this. And truly, it was I wasn't really nervous. It was more excitement and then as I worked through the problem and found the solution to the problem, that's when I was hooked. That's when I knew this is what I need to be doing.
2: That's great. That's um you know, really pushing yourself to learn and solve problems. And those that might seem like a computer problem, but it's really solving a business problem through technology, which is very cool. Um, do you feel women have the same opportunities as men in the technology world?
3: I know a lot of people might disagree with me, but yes, I do. I think that we as women need to make sure that we present ourselves confidently and demonstrate ourselves as being dynamic and just be authentically you and who you are. I think there are a lot of times that we imagine barriers or we put these barriers in our way and they become excuses and I'm just not one that likes to lean back on excuses. I'd rather be that problem solver and say, if there's a barrier, how do I get over it? How do I get around it? And if I try one way and I fail, that's okay because it's a learning lesson. I need to get back up and try again. So I think that the market can be tight for men and women. I think men are traditionally viewed as technology professionals, but that doesn't mean that that's where it has to be for women, especially in today's world. There's so many through the STEM program, there's so many opportunities out there for women to be coached and mentored by other people in technology and so I really feel that it's a fair playing field as long as, again, we represent well.
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's skills, it's confidence, it's um, jumping in with both feet, you know, ready to take on the challenge. Those are the key pieces um, for us women to have the same opportunities as men because men will do that. They jump in with both feet, they figure it out, they, they have that confidence to take it to the next level. So as a woman yourself in the technology field, what are some of the challenges you faced and tell us how you overcame them?
3: So some of the challenges that I faced, especially early on, was not having everything that I needed, not having all the tools in my toolbox or not knowing, you know, how different things in technology operated or the best way to approach a problem or solution. And so it was a little bit of a challenge, but again, for me, it's, being that person that says, this is what I've tried, this is what I think, who can help me take the next step? I think that when we set ourselves up for success, we can attain success. So I think that when we, Yeah, I think when we take that step back and we look at it, again, if we're just going to go and report a problem, then we're not finding the solution. We're not finding the business solution. We're not finding the technology solution. So I think it's just important as a woman that we make sure that we don't hold ourselves back, that we do jump in with both feet and that we just don't give up. No matter what your passion is or what your career is, you have to work hard at it. It's not just a, a nine-to-five job.
2: Right. And I think you you were spot on when you said that, you know, ask for help, um, we have a community behind us that are able to help us get to the next level and lift us up. So ask for help, whether it's from your coworkers, from your managers, from outside uh, networks that you have. Really ask for help because that will push you to that next level. Now, um, as a woman, I know we have. Different skill sets as men, what advantages do you think we have as women in technology and what can we bring to the table?
3: I think that as a woman, we have the ability to really connect with other human beings. And so when you think of any technology problem, it is a business problem, which means it's a human problem. And so we have the ability to have these conversations and really empathize and relate with people. And so we're able to take the logic of the technology solution and bring it into a conversation in a manner that is non-threatening and where we actually build the relationship and connect with the other person. And I that's think that's great. an advantage that we have.
2: Yeah, we, we really have um, that connecting piece that can, you know, solve business problems through that relationship. So that's, that's, really good, um, insight on your side. Um, so what advice would you consider, uh, would you provide to a woman who is considering a career in technology?
3: I would say do it. Do not hold back. Don't become a barrier in your own life. If this is something that you want to do, understand why it is that you want to do it. Know your why reach higher And step out there and take that chance. If this is truly something you want to do, why not do it? There's a lot of different certification programs for you. There's a ton of different grants out there. There's huge networks for women in technology now. And I think that it's a great time for a woman to jump into technology, and if she's already in technology, to stay in technology and continue to grow and continue to prosper and deliver everything that you want to within your career and make a difference in this world.
2: I love that. Just jump in, say yes, and just do it. Um, How do you keep your technology skills current, Peggy?
3: I do a lot of reading. I participate in many different networking events and online social media events with networks, different networks. I stay involved with groups like Women in Technology. I have groups on my LinkedIn site that I stay involved with. And truly just at work, I ask questions and I partner with the people who are doing what I call true technology these days. And I ask them questions and I'm curious. So I think being curious is something that, you know, we have to hold on to to stay relevant and to know that we don't know everything and there's always something else to learn. And when you feel like you've learned enough, and take a different path and start learning something new.
2: Yeah, being curious uh, helps you grow because you really start to ask questions and understand new ways of of doing things or new things that you've never been exposed to. So I love that. Always be curious. Um, All right. So in closing, I would um, ask you, what are three words that your friends would use to describe you?
3: I think I would say innovative, confident, and compassionate, because I think that brings all aspects of my technology career and my HR career together as one. That's and I'm a happy great. person.
2: <laughs> That's great. Being happy is the most important, right? So you're, you're confident in yourself, you know who you are, but you're always looking for that um innovation or that next thing that's coming out so you're curious which is so 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 great well thank you so much peggy it was a pleasure speaking with you and thank you for being in our show
3: thank you it was a pleasure
2: and now an exclusive offer for our listeners
1: from it skill enhancements to end user adoption training Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum, on-demand courses, For IT professionals or end users, visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Thanks for listening to Technology in the Right Direction, your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world. To download this week's show or listen to past shows, visit Directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Past shows are also available at ewnpodcastnetwork.com, as well as through iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out how to be a guest on the show, visit Directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, we hope that technology takes your business in the right direction.
0: Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must
1: be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses?